produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smothers 3, Derek, Ken, myself, Mike. Sorry, I had to think about that for a second. It's like, what night is it? And of course, wow. Johnny. I know. Oh, if you only knew the week. You can't even remember your own name. I don't Whoa. remember I know my own name. It's Izzy Iskowitz, right? <laughs> Close enough to me for me. It, I will say, whoever knows the Izzy Iskowitz reference, hit us up on Twitter, and I I have a prize for you guys. Something small, but I have a prize for whoever could tell me on Twitter, at Wookie Radio, or on Facebook, at Wookie Radio, where the Izzy Iskowitz reference comes from. So, and, and the more specific, the better your chances. <laughs> and if we have... If we have no one next week, I will say it again for the following week. So, um, also joining us from the Smugglers Alliance, uh, you hear him on, oh my God, it's been so long, from the Falcons Lounge, correct? That's correct. And that would be Jim. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Very good. Not too terrible. So, um, right I off. I haven't the... had ripping his arms off today. <sighs> That's a good thing. I that's a good thing too, Derek. If you did have to rip someone's arms off, that's also a good day. Well, it was it was an action figure, but you know, if I felt better, <laughs> you have a stockpile of stormtroopers just so you can rip their arms off. Of course, it's the se- it's that second war machine. <laughs> See, I do listen to the other show sometimes. <laughs> um. Check out the homepage, wookieradio.net. Down our affiliates, got Ripped Apparel, Red Bubble, Superhero Stuff, uh, Fan Chest, Loot Crate. Um, Apparently, you can still get your Star Wars Loot Crate, which our video is coming up this week that we did uh, when we unboxed it last week. So listen to last week's show, and then you'll see what we unboxed. Um, Also, too, check out our web store. Mandalorian-themed baseball jerseys are coming. They're in the works. But the Wookiee fur or the Chewbacca themed Wookiee radio baseball jersey is up. Fur, bandolero, and all, along with our normal uh, pinstripe jersey. Um, Also, too, check out FoundMe, F-O-U-N-D-M-I dot com for your Star Wars Bluetooth trackers. And great news coming from our other sponsor. 
or one of our other affiliates, Heroes and Villains, which you can find them at heroesvillains.com. They announced today, coming by the end of the week, 3X t-shirts. Cool. They were listening to us last week. Woohoo! <laughs> well, they did mention something about Chewie ripping their arms off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that they did. Yeah, they lo- they watched our show and said, fine, let the Wookiees win. They can have a 3X shirt. <laughs> <laughs> So with Found Me and with Heroes and Villains, use the code SMUGGLERS for 15% off your first purchase. And I will say uh, the stuff that I ordered from A4th came in and looks great. I love the lanyard. I've already swapped it over to my convention lanyard. And I also have a keychain they had sent me um, a couple months ago. I ordered a replica, or not a replica, a, a secondary. And I ordered the full die-cast metal one as well. Awesome. So, um, I know. I've also already got a lot of use out of the hat and the hoodie. Oh, I wore the hat. I, I wore the hoodie third last Thursday when I was recording Mighty Marvel Geeks because it got cold in this house. And the hat I wore at uh, Magic Kingdom on Mother's Day. And I will have pictures up of me or a picture up with me. Um, I will say I forgot to take the poncho. Of course, <laughs> I got hammered with rain. Oh, it poured. <laughs> oh, it poured. Talking about a couple of drowned rats. Um, that's what the wife and daughter definitely looked like. Um, but I had the hat and I will say the hat definitely i was already sweating it out it was about half wet from the from the crown up but when the rain came yeah it was gone it was soaked and it holds up great that's what i love about about this particular hat i love this style hat if it's adjustable or even flex fit is it crumples nice you can throw it in your bag pull it out it doesn't crease major it goes almost right back to it's a floppy hat floppy baseball cap and it's awesome it holds up well they have pills for that, you know. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> but um once you reach a certain age. <laughs> are you guys calling me old? No. Seasoned. Seasoned. Okay. I like that. Coming um, from the youngest guy on the show, yes. <laughs> right now. I enjoy being the youngest person on the show for once. Right now, am I, am I still the oldest or Jim, do you have me beat? No, nah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm younger than NATO. Okay, so sorry, sorry Derek. <laughs> so I, I'm the, I'm the old man on the, on two of the three shows. Eric's got me beat over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, not by much. Ah, um, Kyle's not that far behind you though. No, um, my birthday's August. I think he's later in the year, right? Yeah, his November. Yeah, um, which leads us close to December. Which, hey, breaking news: next Star Wars film will be done by Benioff and Weiss. Gee, haven't we been calling that now for what two, three weeks? No, two or three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, this actually, it, it comes from Attractions Magazine, so I don't know if that's if it's actual or if they heard a rumor running with it or what. I thought I saw, I thought I saw from Kathleen Kennedy kind of confirmed it or kind of hinted at it a little bit. She, she apologized for Solo, which I'm still mad about. And then I think she, she was saying that there's going to be the three films and then it kind of got into the Benioff and Weiss. Well, the way I heard, the, uh, the way I read her um, statements there, she didn't really apologize for Solo. She apologized that they went so Time. fast with yeah, yeah, the, the timing, timing of the timing. Solo, which is, that's what we've been saying since it came out it was the wrong timing for solo yep which, which i think we all agreed on but it, but here's the funny part there are people still pushing 
for uh, a solo two, which I would not be opposed to. And they want that solo, yeah. and they still and they want it to be um, one of the May twenty third slots that Disney has set up oh, uh, between like now and in twenty twenty seven. I'm like, no, we have proven the May slot no longer works for Star Wars for this millennia. Yeah, well, no. it depends on when they do it. They can't do it in May, just a couple of months after they release one in December. Now, if they do it in an off year where they had a whole year and then come around to May, possibly. Yeah, but. They don't, but there's no they don't have gaps. that. They don't have that. Yeah. Yeah, they just keep that December time slot. I mean, it, it works so well, you know, yeah. with, with The Force Awakens, and then you had, you know, uh, Rogue One, and then, you know, you came out with, uh, you know, The Last Jedi. I mean, it just, it worked incredibly well. I think it was, I, I, I think he, I think Solo suffered from a couple of things. One, it it was, they, they felt that it was rushed, and plus you had to kind of, you know, you threw, um, Ron Howard in there, you know, to cover for the other guys. And uh, so that kind of added a little bit of, you know, a little kind of controversy to it already. But then it was so close to The Last Jedi that it got a lot of the blowback from there. And it just it didn't fit. I mean, it it it, it felt like it should have been like if you were going to do it in May, you should have done it this May. You know, when you had, you know, Celebration was huge and a lot of yeah. stuff like that. You should. I mean, if you're going to do it in May, do it now. Now, rather than back then, because guess what? It, it just got absorbed by all the controversy from, right. you know, Ryan Johnson and his film. So, well, did you guys see um, with it going to December that Disney kind of drew a line in the sand for 2022? Yeah. The release of on December 16th is the same day, um, day and date as Aquaman 2. Who? Oh, Aquaman I didn't see. It's released the exact same day in 2022. Who? Uh, They're scheduled. So it'll be interesting to see if um, Warner Brothers moves it. <laughs> Watch you know, Disney's not going anywhere. They chose oh, no. their date. They said, this is ours. <laughs> right. Because, and we know that's they're kind of firm on that because Ron Howard asked, I think even Kathleen Kennedy asked, let's push back solo. Yep. And mm-hmm. Iger pretty much said, no, this is it. Yeah, and it was wrong, well, the, man. The The problem I'm seeing with this, though, is um, that could actually split the sales for that week. Because everybody that sees Star Wars, most of the people who see Star Wars are going to want to see Aquaman also. So there'll be a, a toss-up between the fans. Who, Which one do you want to see now and which one do you want to see next week? Or something like that. It could actually hurt both movies financially for your opening weekend. I mean, both of them are going to make good money. Okay. But your opening weekend ticket sales, it could hurt. Right. I think, think it only be... I thought the last Aquaman was okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't. I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Oh, yeah. It was a... Sorry, Ken. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people who actually did, did obviously love it because you see the money it made. It made good money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but let me let me ask yeah, well. let me ask a question to you though, Ken, since you do both the DC show mm-hmm. and of course here, where are you going? If you can only choose on, one opening weekend for that weekend. Depends on who's got the better swag giving away. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm going to see both anyway. So open it. So Thursday night, it's going to be who gives out the best stuff. <laughs> so you do have a price, Ken. <laughs> I'm going to see both that weekend anyway. Yeah, cheap popcorn so bucket is either a good one. I can wait. Yeah, either way, I can wait one day to see the other one. <laughs> and see if it was a summer release, I just go to the drive-in and see both. <laughs> well, if, if I got three know, drive-ins... W- Within 20 minutes of my house. See, if I, if, if I was a drive-in movie theater owner, I would do something smart. I would go, your opening act is Aquaman 2, and then stick around for Star Wars. 
Rise of Skywalker, the real film. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> well, it's interesting because the drive-ins have been taking advantage of all the superhero films that have come out recently because the opening weekend for Shazam was actually they were running Shazam and Captain Marvel together. And then when Infinity War opened, you had Infinity War with Captain Marvel right behind it. Yeah. So um, what does this mean for having um, Benioff and Weiss? Well, according to comicbook.com, uh, they're the next ones headed to Star Wars in a conference call with investors as reported by Attractions Magazine Disney revealed that the next Star Wars film to be released following the rise of Skywalker will be the long anticipated film from Benioff and Weiss now they're just saying film we've heard they're going to have a trilogy I've heard an interesting theory to go along with this though because we've heard about two trilogies out there Ryan Johnson Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson have talked about his movie Iger keeps talking about Benioff and Weiss what's the chance that um, Benioff and Weiss are not known as directors. They're producers, writers. What's the chances that they're producing and writing, working with um, Ryan Johnson? He's going to direct the movies for them. And so both of these two Ooh, sets of trilogies are the exact same trilogy. It's just depending on who's talking about it, who they're putting in front of it. Right. Could be. Because um, everything we've heard about both could fit for both. Because we know they work really well in a, um, in a, would be a past type of universe. Ryan Johnson has already said that his movies are going to be something we've never seen before in an area of the universe we've never seen before with brand new characters. Right. Well, that would could also be Old Republic. And right. we know Benioff and Weiss, that's, everything is indicating that's what they're writing, they're trying to go for. Right. Yeah, that's what I heard. Right. Now, Benioff and Weiss have been directing because they're also direct. they are the directors as well for um, Game of Thrones. But they've only done a handful of episodes as director. They're the writers or producers, they've only directed a handful of the episodes. Yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're also the creative guys behind it too. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I mean, they could they they could they could easily take one movie a piece, kind of like kind of like the way George Lucas did one, uh, you know, uh, uh, New Hope, and then you got Lawrence Kasdan came in, yeah. you know, for you know Empire. See, I yeah. can't. I can't see Ryan Johnson sitting on something for ten years and then finally getting a chance to make it. Um, They've I already announced that he's working on something. No, he's sitting now, there, sitting there waiting for it. Yeah. Now think about this, though. What happens if you got Benioff and Weiss are doing, you know, the main one, and then you've got Ryan Johnson kind of doing those in between films? I mean, think Possibly. about it. Well, the problem is they've <laughs> already announced saga films are over. The main story of Star Wars, they're done telling. All of these movies are going to be considered technically a Star Wars story. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anything, we're only going to get a trilogy at most with these films. Yeah. yeah. Or on this well, subject. They say, they, they say that now, but... Uh, so, and right now we're hearing, too, that um, John Boyega is saying he's done after Rise of Skywalker. So the okay. question is, are the other characters done after this? Or are they just going to... Or would it be smart with these characters? Let them sit that 10 years... Kind of almost like they almost went 20 years after Return of the Jedi before the prequels started. Let them sit 10 years before you bring this group of characters back for a new saga. Yeah. Well, John Boyoga didn't say he's actually done. If I remember right, what he said was he doesn't see where Finn can go after this. As far as he knows, he's done. So that, there was nothing definitive saying that he doesn't make it out of this movie alive. He just doesn't understand where Finn could go after this. It sounds like there is actually a finish to his story. But Return of the Jedi was a satisfying finish to all of those stories. Right. And we still ended up getting more that we liked. Yeah. Right. So we could still see him come back also. 
Now, the the rumor and speculation, we might have touched on it. I'm going to bring it up again. Old Republic time period, whether it's Knights of the Old Republic or based around the, the MMO. Uh, personally, I wouldn't mind seeing if, if the, the duo, or, or we'll call it the trio, um, Benioff and Weiss producing producing or writing with uh, Johnson directing as long as Benioff and Weiss stay on top of Johnson. Mm-hmm. I yeah, wouldn't I like- I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing first film go based around Knights of the Old Republic 1, the second film go based around Knights of the Old Republic 2, and then the third film go jump ahead to where the MMO is yeah. in Knights of the Old Republic there. Well, I would, I'm sure they'll do a completely new, just completely new yeah. stuff, I'm sure. I think they've just said the Old Republic, they've not said Knights, so it's like it's going to be just in that general time frame. I wouldn't mind I'm seeing going all the way back to Tales of the Jedi mm-hmm. when the, all of the galaxy was wild and you're mapping hyperspace lanes and the Jedi are Jedi in name alone because it's back to the original tenets where they, the books that Ray have now, that's what they're following. Right. Yeah, yeah when well, they're, they're writing those books at that point. Um. Yeah. And what you were saying uh, with um, Ryan Johnson, Ryan John, if you watch The Last Jedi, visually and the way the movie was directed, it's a beautiful movie. It's done very well. Oh, yeah. The problem that most people have, uh, I think a lot of it is in the story. So if yeah. you had Benioff and Weiss locking down that story, exactly what we said with this uh, sequel trilogy of films, it needed someone holding the reins and saying, no, 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 wait, wait, bring that back. Okay, you you can go that way a little bit. Wait, stop, stop, stop. Come back to the set. This is where you're supposed to be at. There was nobody guiding the ship through the whole through all three. There was one person guiding the first third and then someone else guiding the second third. And then right. so you got a right. little bit of wonky run. Now, so Benioff and Weiss may work good for that. Let me, let me ask you guys, let me get your thoughts on this. Now, uh, my co-host on Keepers of the Fringe, uh, Chris, who Jimbo knows, yep. um, he uh, he says he'd like to see them go all the way back to the origins of the Force and the Jedi and everything and do a movie about that. What would you think of that? That That's kind of what um, Ken was talking about with Tales of the Jedi. It's the yeah. early, early days. Yeah. Because Tales, Tales of the Jedi takes place like 10,000 years Something like that. Like I said, there's so many hyperspace. Um, the the Sith are actually a race, not a religion. Yep, right. It's a totally different animal back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, that hasn't been mined in current continuity at all. I think in that when they still have the the backpacks that had the the cabling that came around to create the lightsaber, you had to have. I don't like remember. A, I because I remember there was a point in there. I remember the old like the the, the original. There was a book about the the into the void or something like that with. Uh, uh, the original like Jedi and you know they still had steel blades and they didn't know how to do a lot of hyperspace and stuff like that I mean it was very hard for them um, and then you you flash forward a little bit and then they they had you know the the Jedi had armor um, they look like more like knights and then they also had like battery packs that came around and you had like you know they look like ghostbusters almost with right. uh, with for the lightsabers well that, that's kind of what you see with uh with the MMO, your Jedi's they, that they image st- just hit me, Jimbo. Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's the closest a guy can come up with them. Yeah. Don't don't cross the sabers. <laughs> don't that cross. Almost sound, some of those ideas almost sound like what you got in um oh, what was the name of that um that book that was um it was the Star Wars or something like that? It was basically they took one of the original scripts of Star Wars and made that into a trade. 
a comic book. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, yeah. was like a uh, yeah, was one the, the Jedi was a little different. It was one that was, a, that was a ten issue. I think so. I have the trade. It's a ten or a twelve I have issue. The, um, yeah, I had to reach back and grab. I have the Tales of the Jedi Companion from West End Games, Star Wars, back in the day. No, okay. so I'm gonna look see if, what it has in the way of that. Um, what you were saying about lightsabers and stuff. I couldn't even get through that that uh, that graphic novel <laughs> that that uh, all the issues. I'm like, oh, this is oh. Is that the way? <laughs> I, I have I have all the individual issues plus the issue zero which was all the concept art which that one yes, was great oh yeah yeah i bought the books but i but i also have them digital from dark horse still and yeah it's it's a slow read <laughs> it's it's as slow of a read as a dc film now technically <laughs> those those are considered uh, now those are considered canon aren't they no oh okay what, which it, ones because they were which one? they were those were still done that, by was, Dar- that was done by dark horse and it was just it was them bringing to life the original drafts script. of the script yeah but i re- i remember reading that there was there was there's a set of dark horse comics that, that are that are actually considered canon um there are it would be now this was supposed to be a concept thing to start with it's a four issue mall series oh okay darth mall series and i think it was one that oh, okay. um, marvel reprinted that's why it ended up bringing brought into canon oh okay um, well no no more uh story group said that four issue mini which was the inspiration for um i think it was the insp- i think they converted it over into a clone wars one of or part of the story into the clone wars uh final season as well i think I'm trying to remember um, but it was it was that it's a four it's a four issue it's a oh shoot some involving this planet I'll look it up after I, I wrap up this particular story yeah um, I mean I think they I think they have it on Comicsology the uh, they're they're saying you know the one possibility is Benioff and Weiss will do their film in 2022 um, then Ryan Johnson will do his in 2024 and they'll alternate so 2026 will be the second Benioff and Weiss trilogy you know, story in the trilogy. And then 2028 will be Ryan Johnson's next, and they'll alternate that way. Okay. Um, I I would almost rather, if, let's put the team together, Benioff and Weiss producing direct, and writing, Johnson directing, and see how that plays out. That could be interesting. Yeah. So that's where I would go with it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I was leaning at, too, that I'd like to see. Uh, those books, there's three different Darth Maul books or uh, series that they did. One is just called Darth Maul. That was back in 2000. No. Nope. But they also did Darth Maul uh, Death Sentence. No. Nope. And Darth Maul Son of, Son of Dathomir is the one that they said Sons is her. Is Sons of Dathomir. Son of Dathomir is the, the one that's canon. It's the only Dark Horse stories that are canon. That'd be interesting because the Death Sentence actually leads right into it. And I believe Death... Well, that, that's what it is. These ones were actually taken... Um, took place as part of the Clone Wars. That's why. Right. If I remember it, the, those two... Death Sentence and um, Son of Dathomir were originally... Clone Wars scripts that they that Dark Horse went ahead and made after the Clone Wars was canceled. Yes, but oh, I, right. but I believe Deathmere is the only one that's canon. Death Sentence is not. Son of Deathmere is it's a four issue mini, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the Both only one. More. Yeah, Son of Deathmere is is the only one. Again, I if I'm wrong, feel free to let me know. I have no problems being told I'm wrong. I mean, I'm I'm not Mister Perfect on this, even though I did like Kurt Henning. Um, get wrestler. Yeah, but uh. I wouldn't. I, I know for fact. I, I'm, well, I don't know for fact. I am pretty sure Son of Dathmar is canon because I remember here 
considering that that was the only one that is. Yeah, I'm looking up the, the details on it. So while Ken's looking up the details, uh, Derek, why don't you take us into new news from Disney Plus? Uh, hang on. Before he gets in there, yeah, Sons of da- Son of Dathomir is how um, Darth Maul gets hooked up with the Mandalorians. So go ahead. <laughs> That's the important part of that. <laughs> All right. So this fall, as we are well aware, Disney Plus comes and one of the first things on Disney Plus will be The Mandalorian which we're all very very excited for. The Mandalorian. It's going to be so awesome. Mm -hmm. We also know that there will be another Star Wars show coming sometime in the future and that show will be based on Cassian Andor from Rogue One. But it would seem that there's already a third show. General, please. The plannings. <clears throat> now, uh, it's a good thing because with the new schedule of movies and with them switching off every other year with Avatar. <clears throat> Again, that was. There's going to be a bit of. That was us mm-hmm. switching on and off with Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't wait to see those sequels again. That's gonna be so much fun to go back. I can't just anyway. What? So um, see the sequels to Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> yeah. More blue people. Let's save the planet. So, um, <laughs> what will we fill our time with? Well, that's that's where Disney Plus will come in. Because as I said, there is word that there's going to be a third show coming out. According to Mr. Bob, who uh, had this to say. In the interim, we are producing two Star Wars live action series for Disney+. Plus. One of them is called The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. <laughs> Put an M on it. <laughs> Which, being supervised by John Favreau, and the other one is a bit of a prequel to Rogue One. And my guess is there will probably be at least one more live action series that we produce for Disney+, Plus before we release the next film. Ooh. Interesting. So, there's no word yet on what that new series could be. Basically, all we have is that cryptic message from Bob Iger. Who's but it's the not more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Mm, well, that's a question. Very wise one, that Obi Wan is. So, if you've seen any of the uh, leaked footage from The Mandalorian. Which I'm surprised uh, is still up. Yeah, I'm not so sure it was necessarily leaked. I say in quotation marks <laughs> as, um, you know, um, released. But anyway, um, guerrilla marketing. Well, I, I, I challenge it on how much of this is actually a work because they you watch the actual playback of the show. They don't show the trailer. It's we will return in three. You know, and there's a countdown. Yeah. And then you hear yeah. say afterwards, oops, I forgot to say don't film this or don't record this. Yeah, I, I have a. I have a feeling he, he it's kind of like those control leaks you you want to get it out there you want to whet people's appetite that, Plus, yeah the old wrestling know. fan in me re- still is that if it's if it hits the internet someone approved that yeah, exactly right yeah yeah kind of like when the that's yeah. why it, so um so we have uh with the mandalorian we have kind of an action western uh from what it looks like and with the uh the 
Rogue One prequel. That will be more of a spy thriller. So uh, what what else would we like to see from a Disney Plus series? Bounty Hunters. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Speaking true. of that, remember, we were we called that a while ago that when they were talking about an Obi-Wan series or uh, movie, that would be per- get an Obi-Wan series on a, um, on Tatooine. Ewan McGregor yes. already said we he would not mind coming back on to the be- weak minded. And um, Ewan McGregor already said he wouldn't mind coming back to do Obi Wan, like a ten issue mini se- or series would be perfect for something like that. You get it yep. filmed in less than six weeks, about oh, yeah. the time it takes to film a full length movie, and you can then you can have a young Luke Skywalker, and mm-hmm. so you get your saga stories, and, uh, even though the movies are done. Very true. You could, you could also have a younger uh, Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. Hey, yeah, we know someone perfect to play Aunt Beru. I believe we do, and Owen, but we don't know him, but. <laughs> He's out there. And she did. She would do it. She would be willing to do it. So, yep. Use the force, Luke. Yeah, that could be interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing a, an, an Obi-Wan series from that time period. Um, yeah, and and you can and you can do like a combo too. You can not only can you do Obi Wan, but you also have like you know a slightly older Han Solo, you know, or or right around that Han Solo kind of thing with you know smugglers and 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 you know bounty hunters and, well, and you know. And who's to say with season two you couldn't you couldn't have a, uh, a maybe a crossover between Obi Wan and 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 Cassian? Yep. I mean, if we're talking, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. Or, you know, his beginnings of the spy network. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic, before the dark times, before the Empire. Boy, Obi-Wan's a little talkative tonight. Yes, I know. Yes. Yeah, and and then plus, it it would still you wouldn't have to worry about um like the question of oh well if if Cassie never met up with Obi Wan wouldn't he know there was a Jedi around? Not really because Obi Wan would be trying to hide that he's a Jedi. Right. Well, it, it'd be interesting. Hopefully, we'll get more info here in the next couple months at D twenty three maybe mm-hmm. at yeah, what they- what's going to happen. I think that's D twenty three is when we're going to get the next bit of Star Wars news, no matter what. Yeah. Another big flood of news, and uh, we we've had to say goodnight to Ken because um, he's got a major smugglers run going tomorrow morning. Um, so he had to bow bow out early uh, to go prep for that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take his story since we we didn't get there in time. Um, John Williams, uh, his Galaxy Edge musical suite has been released. Uh, I'm just. I'm thrilled that he's done. He's done the music. Yeah, and he, and he's doing this music while doing the music for Rise of the Skywalker, mm. or the Rise of Skywalker as well. Um, the this is from uh, Star Wars Underworld. Um, now, of course, one of the many gifts we've received is more John Williams music. Now, of course, that time is coming to an end because uh, we know with Rise of the Skywalker or with the Rise of Skywalker, he's done. The Galaxy's Edge stuff is his last, and he's pretty much retired. Because Rogue One was not him, Solo was not him, but he did write a piece for Solo. Right. Um, yeah. I want to say, didn't he write a piece for? Or no, they just used his music in Clone Wars and a piece. Yeah. For Rebels. Yeah. 
Well, they they use his, they use his, you know his you know his kind of uh, um, how would you say it his uh, his style. trademark uh, yeah his, his trademark styling. style yeah definitely okay. definitely throughout the whole entire Star Wars. I mean, if if I were you know if I were Disney, I would just put him in a closet for you know a good uh, two years and here you know write out this and here just shovel cash in there, and yeah. then you got you know enough music to last you for the rest of the Star Wars you know stories coming forward so right if I were Disney I would be creating working on creating an AI that can mimic his yeah his music yeah Yeah, because I mean his his music is you know that that's one of the I thought one of the most brilliant things that that George Lucas did was he got John Williams you know which I mean you know they were all kind of buddy buddy back then uh, you know Steven Spielberg George Lucas and um, you know they they all kind of used you know John Williams because he was you know, you know I mean he was a, he was a good composer right. and you know they they used that classic music theme to go along with it and uh, like you could like I can't think of two films I can't there you know two film series that I can't think of Star Wars and Indiana Jones I mean mm-hmm. both had Williams pieces in it and it just it makes the movie you know it makes you know instantly when you hear that sound bam that's that's you know that's the that's the series. You know, right. So, so I, I mean, you know, I think it's really cool that Williams is kind of, you know, as Linda's, you know, Linda's gift to this, you know, to this last film, you know, in the in the Skywalker saga, you know, kind of he started it. Now he's ending it. And, you know, I just I, I wish him all the best in his retirement. But, you know, you know, Definitely. I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully he doesn't, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be, he'll be around for a few more years. But I know he's getting up there at age. Yeah. Now, um, according to this, he did the he gave he finally gave Han Solo his own musical theme in Solo Star Wars Story. Uh, still expected to score Rise of Skywalker. Um, and of course, now the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge suite is available to hear in full. It's over five minutes long, and it's available for download via iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music. It's streamable in Pandora and Spotify. And it's also available on YouTube. Now, you'll hear this music when you visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which they're now saying opens fully to the public June 24th, which no. Uh, okay, maybe so. Because they're doing reservations and everything first. And you get four hours time slots to go see it um, starting May 31st. Um, and, of course, August 29th here in Florida. Um, I am looking. I have not had a chance to listen. It's John Williams. Right, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely it's, it's definitely going to be iconic, you know, you know to to the nth degree. Uh it no, it, it is of, on iTunes. It's available for a dollar 29. No, that ain't bad at all. Oh, wow. So, um and I mean, we're talking John Williams. What's other stuff he's done? Uh we've talked about Indiana Jones. Jaws. Uh, Jaws is another big one. Um, Superman. Yeah, Superman. He only did the first one, right? Yeah, but he yeah, he created that music, though. Like, you know, though. But but you um uh you also have uh E. T. Oh, yeah. Close Encounters. Close Encounters. Yes, yes, yes. One, I mean and, and one of my favorites, nineteen forty one. I do love that film. <laughs> um he did Space Camp. Yeah. Uh Witches of Eastwick. Empire of the Sun, which was the first 
first Christian Bale movie, if I remember right. Yep. Yep. Um, Born on the Fourth of July. Presumed I, innocent. I, I, Home Alone. Hook. Oh yeah. JFK. Home Alone Two. Jurassic Park. Schindler's List. Um, just looking at some of the big ones he did. Uh, looks like he did all three Jurassic Park movies. Amistad. Um, which had a great soundtrack, by the way. Apparently, he did the soundtrack for the original or the original television soundtrack for Lost in Space. <laughs> no kidding. Yep. Yeah. Previously, uh, the soundtrack, which came out in '97, said. A note here is previously unreleased score composed and conducted by John Williams. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Ah. Yeah. Uh, the Patriot. AI. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. yeah. Minority Report. Catch me if you can. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban. The Terminal. Great movie there. War of the Worlds. Memoirs of a, of a Geisha. Munich. Um, Lincoln. I know I'm missing a bunch. Uh, the BFG. Um... What, what am I missing? Earthquake? Probably, probably. Apparently. Yeah, it could be. Did well, they, they, didn't he do the... These are all do studio some of the albums. Under, yeah, but didn't he do some of the underscoring for, uh, like, Ready Player One and stuff like that? I, I mean, so, I, yeah. I mean, I he so. didn't do the... He, yeah, he didn't do the... I mean, obviously, he didn't do the, the, the major songs, but... He adapted and conducted the music from Fiddler on the Roof for the movie soundtrack. <laughs> uh, Earthquake was him. Towering Inferno. Um, the first Superman, which, of course, his theme is used even today. Uh, I mean, all the singles that he's done, uh, the compilation albums. I mean, Hook is another one. Well, let's uh, let's just say this. Uh, John Williams has scored, other than, you know, has scored my life pretty much. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, every, yeah. every, every single movie that you just named there, you know, I mean, a lot of them have had major, huge impacts on my life. So, you know. Every every time I've I, I've only I've only known John Williams songs so, you know, in movies pretty much so. Um, and you know when it's John Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, then they're saying. As a composer, uh, John Williams himself recorded most of his compilations. However, there are some exceptions. Uh, in addition, uh, apparently he composed some tracks for Wagon Train from M Squad. Uh, composed some music for Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Mm. Uh, the only good that movie. <laughs> well, soundtracks using John Williams themes. Airplane, Superman 2, yeah. Superman 3, Supergirl, Ewoks, uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire, Jaws the Revenge, Jurassic Park 3, Star Wars the Knights of the Old Republic video game soundtrack, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Superman Returns, Order of the Phoenix, Forced Unleashed, The Clone Wars, Half-Blood Prince, The Deathly Hollows 1 and 2, uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, The Clone Wars, uh, original the soundtrack for 1 through 6, Jaws 3D, Jurassic World, Rebels 1 and 2, Fantastic Beasts, Rogue One, Justice League, um, Lost in Space, original series soundtrack, and Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. I mean, we're, we're talking about a brilliant mind here. And all the Olympic themes that he's done, and, and fanfares, and for different different groups. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, the, the stuff he's done. So, um, so, yeah, I can't wait to hear the soundtrack, or this piece. 
I think I think it'll be like the like the like the icing on the cake when you go to you know Galaxy's Edge, to you know mm-hmm. to to immerse yourself in you know the Star Wars fandom yeah. down See, there. I, w- I would love to and, play a small snippet of it now, but I don't want to get hit with copyright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only problem. <laughs> Even if we talk over it, it'd be there's that copyright. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Michael, you have you have copyright infringed. You must be terminated. Uh, I've actually had that happen to me once on YouTube because <laughs> I was doing a really? yeah, I was doing a uh, hero box from superherostuff.com and I had the Cantina theme playing underneath it, even though I was talking over it. Uh, this violates copyright infringement. Mm. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Get, get your cease and desist order. <laughs> So, so yeah, they they flagged it and pulled it off YouTube. It was still it was still on my files list, but it it wasn't on YouTube. <laughs> so, um, but Jim, we'll take it over to you of who's coming into Rise of Skywalker. Yes, let the hate throw flew you. <laughs> and the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and the rise of Skywalker. Of course, everybody is. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen the rise of Skywalker, uh, you are living under a very small, 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 small rock in the middle of Siberia somewhere, and they don't have you know any kind of uh, internet signal out there. So. Other than that, uh, unless you're that one person who has not seen this uh, this wonderful trailer yet, uh, you will undoubtedly hear at the very tail end of it a very sinister, wonderful laugh that is very familiar with every Star Wars fan out there. And of course, this I means, got chills. I know this one. This is this is the this is the 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 return, or at least the voiceover return of one. Emperor Palpatine. Da, 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 now, da, da, da. I, I gotta ask Derek. Derek, were your chills? Were they electrifying? <laughs> Quite. <laughs> did you lose control? <laughs> did you did you did you pee yourself just a little bit, Derek? My blood. Did, did you feel like you were a T bird in some greaser movie called Grease? <laughs> Grease <No>. light. <laughs> Don't touch the hair. Uh, so, uh, you know, other than uh, Derek's electric thrills, which I think we all kind of had in a little bit, um, you know, you definitely hear at the end, you, you hear that sinister laugh. And, of course, everybody jumped right on it. And uh, I do believe it was uh, – uh, they asked J.J. Abrams himself, will the Emperor return? And he said, of no. course. <laughs> <laughs> said, who? <laughs> who? Who? Who that? I don't know what you're talking about. What you talking about, Willis? So, obviously, uh, according to a source close to We Got This Covered, has recently revealed some fascinating intel about the villain and his purpose in the final chapter of Skywalker saga and as you shouldn't expect we're going to be heading into the spoiler territory here so be warned now the source has said uh, the main antagonist in skywalker uh, star wars the rise of skywalker um papal team papal 
<laughs> Palpatine, I'm getting all like, you know, you know, jittery myself. Uh, Palpatine obviously survived the uh, fall down the Death Star shaft. Okay, let's not say that one again. But <laughs> at the return of the Jedi, uh, he was badly hurt. But obviously, as uh, Luke Skywalker says, no one's ever truly gone. And so we should be able to, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, super details, but obviously we're going to see Emperor yet again and uh, finally uh, get some uh, get some closure on the whole, you know, what is the first order kind of thing going on and, uh, you know, kind of see where it uh, where it all goes. It's very intriguing. Yes. Yes, it is. So now, like, like I always felt like the emperor was never truly gone. And, you know, I know some of the some of the legend stories always kind of had that that lingering effect. Like, I think there was like a a Jade Mara scene in one of the one of the uh, Timothy Zahn books that kind of had like she always felt his presence still there, even though, you know, he was supposed to be gone, you know, kind of thing. So I I think it's kind of cool that J.J. Abrams kind of went in a little bit into the. The non-canon stuff and pulled out little bits and got the Palpatine back because, you know, ultimately, while we all kind of, you know, saw Vader as like the ultimate evil in the world, which I thought was really cool and wanted to be Vader. You know, back way back when, you know, as soon as you learned there was the emperor behind it, you kind of learned that he was the true, you know, the true evil. And so, you know, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, to finally close it all off. But it's going to be interesting to see the way J.J. Abrams brings it back. Yeah. Yeah. And what he does with him. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing. What are you going to do with him? You know, is he going to be a force ghost or, you know. You know, is Obi Wan going to go out there and try to kick his ass yet again? Or, you know, you know, it's going to be it's going to be kind of interesting to see what what happens, how he how he how he manifests this, this evil, you know, to kind of come back. Right, and what he's been doing with his time. <laughs> yeah, it's hopefully, like you know, hopefully getting a face peel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know, yeah, or a little 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 jowl lift and. Uh, <laughs> You know, some maybe maybe some contact lenses. You know, because those yellow eyes were really creepy. If you only do something about that uh, that hairdo of his, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I was a little shocked by it. Yes, it, yeah, I, I didn't quite like that hairdo. <laughs> Ouch. So, um, oh, one final story to wrap us up. Uh, this came out May fourth. Um, we hadn't gotten to it, but it, it keeps popping up, and I think it's a great story. Um, one of the shops coming to Galaxy's Edge is Savi's Workshop. Oh, yeah. What is this? It's where you go and get your hand-built lightsabers. Yes. Uh, we might have talked about it before, but we got some a little more information. Yeah, um, I think we got into the deep. We've gotten into some details, but I don't think we went as deep as mm. we're about to go tonight. Um, no comment. <laughs> hey, now. Go along with the Death Star <laughs> shaft. Um, this is an upcharge lightsaber building experience, and guests will enter the workshop, um, which is operated by Savi, who is a space junkyard, whose space junkyard in Black Spire Outpost is disguised as a salvage store to ha- to conceal its true purpose. Um, now, the merchant has collected a galaxy's worth of lightsaber pieces in hopes that they would one day pass into the hands of a hero with the ability to assemble the parts into a working lightsaber, complete with metal hilt, light-up blade, and sound effects. 
effects, including contact noises and the power up, power down noises made famous by the, the fairy tale we all love. Now, the plastic blades are removable from the hilts, uh, so it can be stored while guests ride attractions such as the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance. There will actually be spots for you to put your blades in while you're in your seats. Okay, How now cool. that is really cool. How cool is that? Uh, also available are screen accurate waistband clips um, as well. So it'll be the Covatech clip or the, the D-ring clips, um, which allow the lightsabers to be carried at the hip. Uh, there'll be another store where you can buy actual belts that will have the clips on them for you to wear your sabers around. Now, small groups are then partnered with the gatherers in the Chamber of the Guardians. Uh, the gatherers are being a secret group who have dedicated their life to balancing the force by sharing their knowledge of it, uh, according to Imagineer creative producer Brian Liu. In this experience, our guests will go on a guided tour with the gatherers, build their lightsabers on their journey. Upon check-in, builders will meet Savvy before participating in the 20-minute experience. And then from here, you pick from the assembly of, of diverse pieces and four lightsaber styles. Style one, Peace and Justice. Utilize scoured scraps of fallen Jedi temples and crashed starships in Republic-era lightsaber designs that honor the galaxy's former guardians. Sounds cool. Power and Control. Originally forged by warriors of the dark side, objects used in this lightsaber style are rumored remnants from the Sith homeworld in abandoned temples. Ooh. Very, very, ooh. Uh, three, elemental, na- elemental nature. Craft your lightsaber from special components born from the Force, an energy created by all living things like the Brylark trees, um, Cartesian whale bones, and even Rancor teeth. Which the question has come up with this, are these going to be plastic overlays on top of the metal metal parts to give them the illusion of what they are? Or are they metal that's just been painted and edged and whatever to look really good and be like whatever they say they're supposed to be? I guess there's only one way to find out. Well, I'll, I'll know because that's the type of lightsaber Zoe wants when she makes hers. <laughs> so I'll, I'll know firsthand. Now, the one... I want to build is this last one. Protection and defense. Uh, incorporate hilt materials bearing mysterious motifs and inscriptions that reconnect users with the ancient wellspring of the Force. And these are supposed to be like a throwback to the Old Republic time period, which could be, why are they doing these type of hilts? Because maybe we got m- the Old Republic movies coming and people are going to go, oh, that's like the lightsaber I've got from, from Disney. Um, four kyber crystals, um, will, which are used by Jedi and Sith during the extremely personal lightsaber construction process will be offered. Blue and green, um, the colors associated with Jedi Knights and Masters. Purple, as made famous by the legendary Mace Windu. And red, wielding the Sith and other dark side users. Now, there will be yellow. There will also be white, which will only be, I think at the moment, only be found in the uh, the legend sabers that you could buy at Dunkar's Antiquities, which uh, the yellow comes from the uh, Jedi Temple Guard sabers, and the white comes from Ahsoka's sabers from Rebels for after she's left the Order. Uh, now, according to the lore, the pieces are salvaged from fallen Jedi temples and down starships and are now available to you to fulfill your tailor-made destiny. Uh, now, Beatty, uh, who's Beatty? Did I miss this person somewhere? Uh, yeah, I, was looking, I don't know where they were. Beatty, Beatty. 
Um, There's Brian Liu. I don't see anything from anyone named Beatty. Um, it's a very intimate experience, Beatty added, whoever Beatty is. Uh, you're only in there with 14 builders and your family. When your lightsaber is completed, and I'm just going to say, Harry Potter? Yeah, bite me. <laughs> because you go in with a crowd of like 20-something, 30-something, and only one person gets picked to have their wand made, or to pick to, to for the wand ceremony. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't know if there's videos online, but people line up to hopefully, they're lining up to get into the wand shop, and only one person gets picked for the wand ceremony. It's not like everyone gets it. Yeah, you could buy wands, which is great, but to have the wands selected for you specifically, one person gets it out of the whole group. Mm. So um, when your lightsaber is completed, guests will be met by some great moments of magic. The and a guy named Beatty. Uh, the finale is super, super cool. And the reveal in the end, you'll be visited by an old friend as part of an existence. Mm. I wonder who, wonder who that can be. So, well, what about if you pick the Sith lightsaber? <laughs> Roll it again. <laughs> so, so that's why J.J. Abrams got me back. He needs me to greet all the new Sith at Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> deep inside you. Um, the experience will be available during phase one when Galaxy's Edge first opens at Disneyland. Um, and it's Disney's answer to the comparable wand-making experience at Universal's Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Except you're not making a wand. They're, they're pretty done. Um, we've tried recently to start blurring the lines a bit more and more on what we consider an attraction or a merchandise experience. Uh, that's an exciting thing we started to see within the parks. It promotes play. It promotes a sense of agency. We're going to see more and more of this in the future. Uh, pricing is not available, but uh, rumors been having it. Uh, it's around a Hundred and fifty bucks. That's hilt and and blade. Um, pre-built blades inspired by Star Wars characters will be available at Doc and Car Doc Andar's Den of Antiquities, um, which will also be filled with jewelry, art, ancient artifacts, statues, and other priceless treasures. Um, Disneyland's Galaxy Edge will be reservation only until June twenty fourth, uh, and then August 29th with within Disney's Hollywood Studios at. Walt Disney World, which I bet they'll do the same thing. First month will probably be by reservation only. Yeah, that would make sense, I think. Now, the cool thing is, if you're buying a blade for your saber, next time you go back, your saber could, your hilt could be a little cheaper because same blade you bought for the first hilt will work on all the others. Oh, yes. Unless, unless you want a second hilt or a second blade, that way you could be a dual saber wielder. Ooh, now you're talking. So, um, and the saber the the blades are are in a way that they recognize what the kyber crystal is in your hilt and it's supposedly say all three of us pick blue blue crystals, each one of our sabers are still going to react totally different because each crystal has its own personality so that's going to be pretty awesome Yes. It, the whole thing is pretty awesome, really. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, better than those plastic ones you used to get at KB Toys that would break after, like, you hit each other, like, five times. Okay. I never got one of those. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're all old enough to remember. I may be stretching y'all's age just a little bit. First lightsaber I ever owned was the one that was the lightsaber with the blow-up blade that you put in it. That you put... <laughs> 
You definitely are showing your age now. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was the first one I had. Have, have y'all ever seen it? Mm, nope. Uh, I believe that's called a balloon. <laughs> yeah, you sure it wasn't done with a guy with a big red nose and big <laughs> shoes? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. The, fir- the first lightsaber I ever had was the little crappy one that you pushed on the little stick on Luke Skywalker's hand, and out came that little <laughs> plastic crayon-looking thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Talking before that, uh, okay, here, found it. I'll put this in the notes, in the uh, chat for you guys. StarWars.com has done the history of, of the toy lightsabers. I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through these fairly quick. Um, the first one was literally, like I just talked about, the original um, was a, the designers basically took a flashlight, connected an inflatable yellow vinyl blade to it. Um, and I remember we had to order patch kits from Hasbro for this stupid thing, because it kept popping. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the toy lightsaber commercial featured kids slinging their blades and swatting at silver balloons, um, which were stand-ins for Jedi training remotes. Uh, sounds like playtime bliss, right? Nope. Um, <laughs> kids would often duel so hard their blades would spring a leak and deflating the fun. Thanks to forward-thinking toy honchos, all wasn't lost. Lost. Each lightsaber came with a patch kit for repairs. Nice. Then the next one's the one that I think you guys were talking about, where it was the plastic handle with the, the plastic rod sticking out of it. Yeah. I remember I remember seeing some of these at, uh, like, like you know, at like KB Toys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's like you 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 if you whipped them around because of the way they had the cap, the air flowed through the tip, making it sound like a saber blade. Yeah, almost like a wiffle ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there was the the lightsaber that came out with the droids cartoon. Um, and it had an automatic extendable blade and glowing feature, um, which would be updated a little bit later uh, with the power of the force. And then episode nine came out. We got the first double saber. And then I remember when Disney had these as well. I remember this is what led to Disney's uh, build a build a lightsaber section was there was a um, ultimate lightsaber build your own lightsaber kit and it came with 20 interchangeable parts and you could do a double bladed saber with it. Yeah. And it, yeah, it could, yeah. And you could also do that trident one like you can see here. Well, actually yeah, that, that, was, that was before all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, my kids. My kids have most of. I, I think they have the early ones, and then they have like the ones that you see the kid yeah. here with the trident one holding. See, and the ones I'm talking about, uh, the one I'm that kid that I'm talking about uh, is from like 2002, 2005, and then okay. then they released it again uh, with the hilt variation for um, Dooku's curve. Um, then you had the special effects saber, yeah, uh, which yeah. was a high high end saber. Uh, and then just recently, they had they went from the build your own lightsaber to the the blade builders set in 2015, which has got the trident style, which no one ever used. But okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it was some it was some definitely some interesting sabers back in the day. I would love to find that original one that I had as a kid, which I don't think there's any. I wouldn't mind just. Just finding the flashlight from it. Just having yeah, that. Yeah, uh, you can find the uh, the blue. 
blade in good shape. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, it'd probably be tattered. Like as soon as you take it out, it'd crumple up and just disintegrate on you. Yeah, but the but the whole thing was kind of cool because you you put the uh, you, you attach the blade on on top. You know, you put the blade on the flashlight, and then you put the blade holder over the flat over that, and that held it all together. And, and we didn't care back then that it was only yellow. We didn't yeah, know any better. Well, you're talking, you're talking the 70s when the thing first came out, you know? Yeah, I mean, more center going, oh, look, Luke's got a blue lightsaber or yellow lightsaber. Never thought of it. So how's this different? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, uh, was it Obi-Wan had an orange? No, he had blue. Vader had orange. We're like, how's this? How's this orange when his was red? (laughs) But anyway, um, any final thoughts? Well, I have uh, good. I finally, finally, on May the fourth, I went out and got myself finally uh, Battlefront two. So I just started playing that and getting into that. I haven't done the campaign yet, but I will soon. Once you get off the main ship, which you're you're a bit more of a gamer than I am, I was stuck in this one spot where I had to <laughs> where, where you have to like splice this one panel before you get to the hangar. I was stuck on it probably. If, I didn't. I would play it like two, three times in a night and then go, okay, I'm giving up going somewhere else for the night, <laughs> do something different. <laughs> Finally, I got through that. Um, but no, it's it's a fun game. I, I really enjoy it. Mm. But I did hear, and we, we did talk about briefly a story that we were going to do this week, which we didn't get to. We'll try and cover it next week. Um, but I agree with this one story, a game that needs to be made current and brought to current times, um, Rogue Squadron. Mm, definitely. So, uh, Jim, you said you had a final thought? Yeah, well, just getting all excited about uh, all the news that's coming out. You know, Star Wars, obviously, uh, you know, now that we're past, uh, you know, Endgame on, on the Marvel front. Um, and, you know, everything, the news just started coming fast and furious kind of like after that. And just it's going to continue on until, you know, the rise of Skywalker, you know, comes out. And so uh, it's a pretty right. exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. And, yeah. I, and I just wanted to say, you know, I celebrated, you know, my May the 4th, you know, saying goodbye to my dad, who was kind of like my inspiration for Star Wars because he used to take me to all those films. So. You know, I had a great May the Fourth saying saying goodbye to the the man who introduced me to Star Wars. So, yeah. uh, sorry for your loss, man. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens, you know. But hey, he went off on a great day, and it was a beautiful day, and. May the 4th be with you. Very much so. Well, on that somber note, I want to say there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet! I can hold it. Pull out! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.